Hey, everyone. Thank you for coming along today. Got a good topic here on New Hope Radio and the New Hope Radio podcast. Depends on when you're listening and what you're listening to. New Hope Radio being WARV 1590 on the AM dial at 1230 every day and 92.7 as well. The New Hope Radio podcast, otherwise known as the Hope Club podcast, on demand. Anytime you want to listen, we are there. We are on demand. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're on the website at newhopecc.tv. Click podcast. Boom. We're right there also. Got a good topic today. Today, we're going to talk about talking. Did you ever talk about talking? Today, we're going to talk about talking. Think of how it would feel if you could talk to anyone in the world that you wanted to. I mean anyone. An athlete, a movie star, political leader, a king, a queen, a president, an inventor, an author, anybody at all. Then, think if you could talk to them anytime you wanted to. Let's say you want a new workout, and you tie you, you like to work out, you're, you're bored with the old workout, you want a new workout, so you make the call. Hey, Arnold, <laughs> I need a change in my workout. What do you think? You're coming around this part of the country? And Arnold says, I'll be back. So you see, it would be so cool to talk to anybody anytime about anything. But you know what the good news is? Oh, wait till I tell you. The good news is, in a sense, this is very true. You can't speak to any person on the earth anytime you want, but you can speak to God. Think about that. You can speak to God anytime about anything. Today we're going to see in our series, Because of Christ, Because of Christ, I Can Pray. Oh, I want to set the scene. Okay, you're one of the disciples, and you're hanging out with Jesus, and you observe him very closely. You're watching his every move. Why? Because you're his disciple. A disciple wants to be like his teacher, right? So you want to watch him handle children. You want to watch him comfort the widows and heal the afflicted, cast out demons, and you notice that he often slips away, off by himself, and you wonder why. And you follow a little closer, and you see him bowed down and praying. He's praying to his father, and he prays in a way like you never heard anyone pray before. Oh, you heard the Pharisees with their holier-than-thou language, but it never seemed real. And besides, you can never pray like that. You don't even feel close enough to God to do that. And you remember when Jesus said one day, when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites. Oh, they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners. Why? 
so that they can be seen by men. He said, truly I say to you, that's their reward. Oh, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And when you are praying, don't use meaningless repetition as the pagans do. They suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. And you know why? Because your father knows what you need before you ask him. Oh, I like that. The God that you're praying to, he knows what you need before you even ask. Oh, somebody says, well, why do I I have to ask? Because God wants conversation. God wants to hear you talk. You know, conversation is what enhances a relationship. When you talk, the more you talk to a person, the stronger that relationship becomes. The more you talk to God, the stronger that relationship will become. So the thing about Jesus is when you think you're watching him, you know what? (laughs) He's watching you. He knows you want to learn to pray. He knows that you want to feel close to God. He knows there are things in your life that only God can do. So what does he say to you? Here's what he says to you. Pray in this way. Wow. Jesus is going to give a lesson on how to pray. On how to have good, healthy talk with God. And you discover, because of Christ, I can pray. One of the beautiful benefits that you have in life, because of Christ, you can pray. And Jesus said, now pray in this way. And one writer made a comment on that passage. Pray in this way. He said, a king who draws up the petition which he allows to be presented to himself has doubtless the fullest determination to grant the request. What does that mean? That if a king draws up a petition, things that he wants done, and he presents it to himself, of course he's going to do it. And in prayer, what we're learning to do, here it comes, this is what makes prayer so powerful. Praying for the things that God wants prayed for. This is not about selfish prayers. This is about godly prayers. Prayers that have to do with God. So we're going to see in this prayer lesson that Jesus gives, I noticed five simple points that Jesus used to teach his disciples to pray. And here they are, number one, who God is. Number two, God's kingdom and will. Number three, today's need. Number four, reciprocal forgiveness. Number five, guidance. Five good points to talk to God about. So, if you have a difficult time praying, and sometimes, you know, people do. New believers, seasoned believers, they just don't feel comfortable with prayer. Sometimes you don't know what to pray for. Well, here are five points that give you a good start. Who is God? What's the will of God? What do I need today? What areas of my life need forgiveness where I have to give it or receive it? What kind of guidance am I looking for? 
Those are good topics to pray about. So because of Christ, you can pray. Now, sometimes this is called the Lord's Prayer, and so it is. But it's not a family prayer. It's not a child's prayer. Many times, because we we grew up reciting this prayer, a lot of us memorized it, and we pray it as a prayer, and that's okay. But it has a lot of deeper significance as well. It's a prayer that one must know the meaning of in order to pray. And therefore, it really becomes the disciple's prayer. This is the prayer of the disciple. And the prayer begins by giving God his supreme place, for only then will all other things fall into their proper place. So Jesus says, okay, here's how we're going to talk to my Father. Here's what you say. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now the word Father is the word pater, and it's a, it's a beautiful word for a parent. And Jesus didn't say, don't pray my father, pray our father. Because you see, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus introduced God as father to the Jews. Before that, he was Jehovah. Don't get too close. But now he's father. Jesus brings in the intimacy that we can have with God. You know, there's two things about God that we need to know. Where He is and who He is. He's in heaven. And He is holy. This does away with any hyper-sentimentality that we might have toward God. Some, sometimes people are a little hyper-sentimental. And God is more like an Uncle Ernie to them. No. God is God. God is holy. He's just. He's majestic. He's unlike all others. That's the holiness of God. He's certainly far above us. And yet, think of it. He desires, oh man, you're not going to believe this. He desires to be intimate with us. I'm like, are you kidding? God wants that? He's far above us, yet desires to be intimate with us. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 14, verse 2? The Lord, and the, the word Lord, it speaks of the almightiness of God as supreme being. The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. Oh man, God is looking for people to fellowship with. He's looking for people to have a relationship with. Not a religious relationship. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. And here's where it pays off to be a disciple. Are you a disciple? Are you a student of God? Here's where it pays off. Psalm 9 verse 10. Those who know thy name put their trust in thee. Those who know God and to know God's name. No, this is more than that. Because in Hebrew culture, name always meant more than title. It represented one's character and one's nature. So those who really know God, they will trust God. To the, to the degree that you know the character of God and the nature of God, that's the degree that you will put your trust in Him. And when you know God, you realize that He is holy. Holy means separate, 
separate from all others. He is unique, set apart, special. Jesus continues, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Let me tell you a little secret. This is what all of life is leading to. You want to know where life is going? This is where it's going. It's going to the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God is done the will of God. That's where it's all going. We're all heading that way. You know, the kingdom of God, that was the subject of Jesus' first preaching. When he started his ministry, man, he was going all over the place, telling people about the kingdom. The Bible tells us after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, and what was he doing? Preaching the gospel of God, saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. Believe in the gospel. Believe in the message that I'm bringing you. Another time, Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. You know why? I was sent for this purpose. This is why I came. He came to preach the kingdom of God. He came to tell people where life was going. Hey, you can do whatever you want with your life, but I'm going to tell you something. It's all heading toward the kingdom of God. Do you want to be in that number? That's the question. See, the kingdom of God, like any kingdom, it demands submission of my will, of my heart, and of my life. We don't hear that kind of preaching too much today. I don't think we hear it at all. But I want you to think about a kingdom. When you're loyal to a kingdom, you submit your will, you submit your heart, you submit your life. And when you are loyal to God's kingdom, if you really want to call yourself a faithful person to the kingdom of God, then you submit your will, and you submit your heart, and you submit your life. So because of Christ, I can pray that God's will would be accomplished in my life. That's a good prayer to pray. You know, you want to come out a winner? Then let God accomplish his will in your life. You'll come out a winner every time. Jesus now shifts our attention from heaven to earth, from whom God is to what we need. Okay? This is not just all about God, but it's about us and we have needs, and God knows that. And Jesus gives us the next prayer point, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, what does that mean? It means that Jesus is interested in our physical bodies and our natural existence. Why? Because he, he knows. He took upon himself a human body. He knows what it is to be you. And he knows what it is to be me. Think about that. He knows what it is to be us. He cares about your health. He cares about your family. He cares about your vocation, your job. He cares about your experiences. He even cares about your mistakes. He cares about everything that has to do with your natural life.
give us this day our daily bread. What's he saying? It reminds us to live one day at a time. He didn't say, give us this day a case of bread. Give us this day our daily bread. One day at a time. I mean, how many times did Jesus say, don't be worried about your life. Don't be anxious. Don't look too far into the future. Today has enough trouble of its own. You know what the rabbis used to say? He who possesses enough bread today, but worries about what he will eat tomorrow, is a man of little faith. Isn't that true? If you got what you need today, and you're worried about tomorrow that hasn't even come yet, you have a little faith. Remember this prayer. It began acknowledging God, our Father. And He sees everything from heaven. He sees it all. And then Jesus keeps the topic on the earth. He talks about another need that we have, not for food, but forgiveness. Forgive us our debts. What is a debt? A debt is something owed. A failure to pay what is due. Or a failure in duty. Hey, let's face it. Here's one thing we all have in common. No one on this earth has never failed in some duty. We've all failed in something. Maybe some more than others, but we've all failed in something. Oh, yeah. Everyone has failed in some way in a required duty to our fellow man. So what is this part of the prayer? This is an acknowledgement of that failure, of that sin. And it's asking for forgiveness for it. You know what? Nothing wrong with that. That's okay. That's part of the Christian life. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh Uh-oh. This looks like a dangerous curve coming. Forgive us our debts. Don't you wish you just said that? God, just forgive me. But no, Jesus said, wait. As we forgive our debtors. Ooh. It's almost like, God, do unto me as I do unto people. In the realm of forgiveness. Forgive us our sins in proportion as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Wow. That's a wake-up call. You know, do you ever nod off in prayer? That'll wake you up. You know, sometimes people pray and it's quiet. It's like, hmm, you fall asleep. And you get to that part, boom, oh, what? What did I just pray? Listen to this. If and when you say, I will never forgive that person, you're telling God not to forgive you. That's that reciprocal forgiveness. Reciprocal means it goes forward, it comes back. It goes forward, it comes back. God gives us forgiveness, we give it to people. And Jesus is saying in this prayer, ask God to forgive you the same way that you forgive people. Wow. This is a real wake-up call when it comes to walking the Christian life. It really is. This place, this part of the prayer, it does away with all hypocrisy, with all phoniness. You can't get to this part and not do it and call yourself in the will of God. This is something we really have to work at. 
You can't have divine forgiveness where human forgiveness is lacking. Right? Places places we get offended and we don't want to forgive somebody. I wasn't invited to the party. I'm not, I'll never forgive them. They didn't visit me when I was sick. I'll never forgive them. I didn't get the raise I was promised. I'll never forgive. They left me out of the carpool. I wasn't thanked when I did a good deed. I'll never forgive them. They're so ungrateful. How important is forgiveness to God? You know what Jesus said? If you're going to church, keep your money. If you're not going to forgive. I don't want your money. He said, if you're presenting your offering at the altar, and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there. Don't even give it. Go be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Why did Jesus say something like that? He messed up my whole Sunday. Why did he go say that? Because like any parent, he wants his children to get along. Isn't that the highlight of a parent when their children get get along? If kids don't get along, but they want to give gifts to the parents, they're like, man, the only gift I want, I want your kids to get along. That's the greatest gift you can give me, right, parents? And God the Father, he's like that. He's like, don't give me anything if you can't get along with your brothers and sisters. That's the greatest gift. Get along with them. And then when I see unity and mutual love, then you can come and you can give me gifts. So think of it. This whole series is entitled Because of Christ. And what have we seen so far? Man, we get a lot going for us because of Christ. Because of Christ, I have hope. Because of Christ, I have salvation. Because of Christ, I have grace. Because of Christ, I have love. Because of Christ, I can keep calm in the storm. Because of Christ, I can pray. I can talk to God. I can talk to God anytime about anything. And he even helps me that when I don't know what to say, he gives me some ideas. He gives me some points to pray about. How bad does God want does God want our attention? He wants it very badly. He really wants to have sweet communion with us. He does. Because any relationship that's built on love, you know what it has? Good, healthy talk. People that don't talk to each other, you know why? They don't like each other. They don't. Communication is like the evidence of love. Sadly, there are husbands and wives. They don't talk to each other. Is there love there? I don't know. But if they talk to each other, it would be greater love. And the Lord loves conversation. He wants us to pour out our hearts. He wants us to hear what we need. Even though God knows what we need, He wants us to hear what we need. So that's why Jesus, when He comes on the scene, He says, Listen, I'm going to give you some ideas some talking points when you talk to God. You always begin by addressing Him, right? When you talk to someone, you acknowledge their name, right? You acknowledge them. Well, my Father in heaven, Father, 
you are holy. You acknowledge who he is. And then you say, God, you know what? You have a beautiful kingdom. You have a wonderful kingdom. And you have a perfect will. And I'm praying that you do everything that you can to make it happen. Oh, I want your kingdom. I want to be in your kingdom. And I want your will to be done in my life. Help me when I'm, when I'm stubborn and when I'm prideful and when I want to do my own thing. Convict me and let, let your will be right in front of me and help me to see it and help me to understand it clearly. And God, you know I have needs. I have some needs today. I have an appointment. I'm kind of worried. I have something I have to do. I'm praying that you help me through today. Help me get this done, whatever it is. Your daily bread. It's your daily bread. And God, I know I need forgiveness from you. But I know I need to forgive other people. And because I need forgiveness from you and you give it to me, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give forgiveness to people. And remember this. When you give forgiveness to people, it's even more for you than them. It frees you from being a Grinch. It frees you from carrying this weight upon your shoulder of unforgiveness. And it stops bitterness from growing in your heart. That's what it does. You don't want... Hebrews talks about a root of bitterness. Oh man, you know what? That ruins it for everybody. A bitter person that goes to a party ruins the party for everybody. Every single person. So when you give forgiveness, you don't let that root grow. And there's guidance, of course. You've got to have guidance. God, show me what to do. That's why we need His Word. God's Word is like, oh yeah, man, that's the roadmap. That's going to show me what to do. It's going to show me how to act. It's going to give me a, a becoming life. That's what it does. The Word of God. That's your friend. I hope these things not only helped you, but inspired you and motivated you to have some good talk time with God. Okay? Thank you for coming along. Don't forget about the Hope Club. $3 a week. Keep New Hope Radio on the air, and it'll give you an audio file devotional every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Go to newhopecc.tv, click support, go to e-giving, fill out the information, we'll put you on the mailing list, and you will be part of the Hope Club, and we thank you for joining. Hey, thanks for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more.